0: Hello, and welcome to Babe Cave. I am Amanda Pollock, and this is a special edition episode, the Reincarnated Book Tour, with special guest Jackie Mariano Osborne. (laughs) (laughs) I say that fast because I still don't, I I don't know. I I love you, Ozzy. It's just weird. You've been (laughs) Jackie Mariano to me for my whole life, and so I don't know what to do. But, so Jackie is... Like my oldest friend, and not in age of like she's old lady. Um, but we've just known each other for so long. Thank you to our mothers, Debbie and Donna. Thank you. Uh, but so, yes, Jackie has been there for so many uh, milestones and in my darkest days. But she is a, honestly, a marketing genius, even if she wouldn't say it herself. And She is now officially a business owner with Jackie O. Creative, and I am so excited for us to sit down and talk, and you can hear about all of the really, like, inside stuff because we lived together for a bit, and she knows things. She can tell you the (laughs) secrets. Um, And also, real quick before I forget, because I didn't talk about it so much last time, But yes, my book is out right now, Reincarnated, How Lost Dreams, Jobs, and Love Set Me Free. Go to AmandaPollock.com, and you get a bonus audio training called The Thrive Formula, taking some key concepts throughout the book and giving you some tangible steps to implement them in your everyday life. And then $1 from every book goes to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, which is a cause that I've been involved with for a couple of years. And St. Jude is the patron saint of lost causes, which... I identify with so much of just feeling like hope is not there, but it somehow is always right around the corner, like so many families from St. Jude. And I wanted to bring you in to uh, continue uh, to make sure that no family res- ever receives a bill for treatment, transportation, housing, and food. And also, when you go to the website, just real quick, you will get a download link because this is an ebook. You will not receive a physical book in the mail. It will come hopefully one day. Don't worry. My brother asked about it every day. But I am working on it. But it is an ebook. But it's a fabulous ebook. You can read it anywhere. Also, please don't click the download link multiple times. I'm not going to name names. You know who you are. But because then it will say that there is not a file available. And it's OK, because I can resend whatever I have to and we'll figure it out. But just make sure. That you just click it once. Okay. So, all of that to say, <laughs> welcome, Jackie.
1: Woo! <Woo-hoo. laughs> yeah. Uh, you can read the book anywhere, like by the pool, because it's about to be
0: summoned. <laughs> yes! I know when you said that earlier, I was like, I want to be by a pool, <laughs> reading my stuff. Come visit. Oh. Um, <laughs> But yay, I'm so excited that we yay. get to do this. Me too. You, sit, you hear ice rattling. <laughs> oh, man. The old cup. So, um, yeah. So what I wanted to do with this book tour, and for those people who are just kind of jumping into this, but I really wanted to talk to people who have just been there throughout so much of this story and – also hear how they've pivoted, they've been reincarnated. I feel like it's a theme that resonates with so many people, because nobody has it figured out. And for so long, we didn't have it figured out. I don't I say that like we have it figured out now, but we don't. Um, but yes, yeah, so we know each other originally from Vacaville. It's Vacaville, It's not Vacaville. Like, some people try and tell me, and then I get very angry. <laughs> um, but we were also roommates uh, when I moved back to L.A. for the second time. But in 2008. So 2008 it was it 2008? September 1, 2008. September 1, 2008. I didn't know the date until I read your book. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did put it in there. Yeah, You did. <laughs> so, it was, it was a minute ago. Yeah. It was a while. But – we moved in with our other roommate, Taylor. Hi, Taylor. And um, hi, Simba. <laughs> oh,
1: I know, but he was an integral part of the.
0: For those, okay, for those of you who don't know, because well, why would you know? Um, Simba was Taylor's cat. Who Simba and I weren't friends, but that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. That's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so we moved, we moved in, um, to our apartment and you left.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Amanda, meet this stranger because I'm friends with both of you. I assume that you two will get along so well. All right. Gotta go for a few months. Good luck.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So... You went on this like cross country road trip with Road Trip Nation. And yeah. yeah, I don't know, like why don't yeah. How did that yeah. happen? Yeah. What is it? Road Trip Nation was this random.
1: I I feel like I Actually found it on Craigslist of all places, which you Do don't people find even use it. Craigslist anymore? exactly. <laughs> no. Other than maybe used cars um, <laughs> or garage sales, like I definitely currently would not be looking for a job on Craigslist. So I have no clue why I was there in retrospect or what I was doing, but I found this opportunity and it was to work with this company and you would be trained and then you go on this cross-country road trip, which at the time, post-college, no idea what I wanted to do was perfect. And it was basically, if you have heard of the show, uh, what was it called? On MTV, the one where they went on the road trips. Road Rules. Yeah. So this which was, was like, like such a good one.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: Way more interesting than watching people just sit in the house.
1: Yes. For two so, home <laughs> <half>
0: jobs. <laughs> You're like I'm. It's like you go three hours a week to some I don't know ice cream shop or something. This yeah.
1: Is, <laughs> to 2 <do> your <laughs> random job. Um. So anyway, this this road trip thing turned out to be really cool, and the funniest part about it is the whole concept behind Road Trip Nation is that you're looking for, like, you don't want to just follow in your parents' footsteps to become a doctor or a lawyer if that's what they do or just, like, jump into a corporate job because you should. It's about finding your purpose and your passion and pursuing that. And they made a PBS documentary series. Um, Now they have, like, an education platform, which is really cool for teachers to use. Um, I don't know much about it, but... Our job was to live with three strangers. There was the North team, the Midwest, and the South team. And I lived with another girl named Jackie. So the two Jackies and then Kenneth. And I feel so bad that I'm totally blanking on my other <laughs> partner's
0: name right Clearly not memorable.
1: guy number two. um, And we traveled the country and we went to colleges to promote it and to get people to join. And so I had moved to L.A. with you guys. And then I was like, cool. Now I'm going to go on this amazing road trip, which was a random Craigslist find. But turned out in like in hindsight, one of the coolest things I've ever done
0: in a job interview. What? What I were you even know. searching? I'm just curious because it's funny when you say that um, about Craigslist because – and I – two two interviews that I talk about in the book I found on Craigslist. One of them – That's – yeah. Yeah. Like, and it was just – it's funny because – and I found apartments on there. and so I mean, like, you used it for everything. Yeah. I don't even remember some of the stuff I would search, but it's like – because you could put resumes on there. You could do yeah. all kinds of stuff like <laughs> – And now it's, but who even uses it? I know. know. um, But yeah, so you were about to, um, I interrupted you, but um, the interview process.
1: Oh, when I interviewed for a job later on, my, this Road Trip Nation honestly had almost nothing to do with the job that I was interviewing for, but the person who interviewed me still thought that was also the coolest job that they've ever heard of. So even though it had nothing to do Mm skill-wise, there was like a tiny little bit of marketing involved, but she still thought it was an amazing experience for someone to have. And I was like, yes, I agree.
0: Like a good thing too, to set you apart from other people because 2008, 2009, I mean, that's when everything crashed. So it was all of like, like I hadn't gone to school at that point, but like, All of my friends, it was like, we were supposed to graduate and just have these jobs that were just in. Oh, that's not going to happen. Great. (laughs) Yeah. It was so
1: funny to read about that in your book, how you noted when that crash happened, because I had like, I was very naive. I probably still am, but I didn't, it really didn't even hit me in my head how that affected me at the time. Like in retrospect, I can look back and see how it was more difficult to find a job. Mm -hmm. But at the time, it was just like, oh, this is how
0: it is. And that's something that I talk about too of like in the moment when if, you know, people who were laid off or if you're looking for work or whatever, kind of the mentality of a lot of people was like, oh, it's, you're just not looking hard enough. You can go find something, you can do whatever and- But now when you talk about it, people are like, oh, there's no way you would have been able to find a job. Oh, it was hard for everybody. It was so it is kind of interesting when you go back and because in the yeah, you're totally right. Like in the moment you're like, well, I know that this probably affects me a little bit, but I'm nothing, you know, like I in the scheme of whatever, like I'm I'm not so much, but you just it takes a lot longer for it to kind of trickle down. Mm-hmm. In some ways of of that but no I think it's really cool so like so when you set out to go on the road trip like what was what was like your itinerary what were you guys um so I just got dropped off in the morning
1: in Orange County <laughs> at <laughs> I think my mom <laughs> dropped me off um and then this oh Anthony I remembered his name <laughs> Anthony was Kenneth there. and Anthony and, and, Jackie yep, and Jackie and Jackie. Okay. And Jackie and um, Jackie. and we just loaded up in the R V and we hadn't an, we had a loose itinerary. So the first week we could do whatever we wanted, but we had to be at a certain location in the East Coast by whatever date, like a month, a week or or two. And so our RV ends up breaking down and we're staying at this random RV park. We meet the sweetest couple who own it. They say they retired there and it was their dream to own an RV park in Winnemucca, Nevada. Who's ever even heard of that town?
0: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> such a great
1: name though. I know. When we end up going and I have these pictures and they're some of my favorite pictures. We're like driving the RV around in, in a circle. One of the guys is standing on top of it. So we're driving very slowly, and later uh, the people from Road Trip Nation saw that and they were like, "So you're not allowed to do that?
0: Don't <laughs> on the RV oh, do that." Oh, <laughs> Kenneth!
1: <laughs> Kenneth brought his skateboard and he did like some skateboard trick on the top of the RV, oh, and they're like, "Yeah." I was like, "That's an amazing photo," and they're like, "Don't do that again." <laughs> also, don't post that. <laughs> uh yeah but we had a week to get out to the east coast we could do anything we wanted in between our uh quote unquote tour stops which were at different colleges that had been set up for us um we stopped we had a bunch of stops in new york new jersey in new york city we stopped at fit and had the most we had the weirdest experience with these guys who jumped on board who said they were on the Jerry Springer show and they like one of the girls was a stripper and they were like, of course, going to rob us. <laughs> I know. They it was, were going to rob you? The, yeah. They were telling us. And then we were like keeping our eye on this one girl who kept wandering <laughs> around the back. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do if she tries to take my stuff. I have no authority here. I'm a very small person. <laughs> I have no authority. <laughs> yeah. Just say, please get out. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, we went from New York. We went to Canada on one of our off days without passports, right when that law changed where you needed passports. And um, they stopped us and had a great conversation about how we weren't allowed to do that. Luckily, they let us in. I don't know if that would happen now. Um, We went to Louisiana, Texas, and just... Like I, it was just the craziest experience in between, like you had a lot of time to think and I feel like we don't get that now to just like be and think and experience life and meet people and Mm -hmm. like a kind of freedom that you don't normally get on your day to day where you have to show up at nine and leave at a certain time and meeting after meeting.
0: And flip phones were still a thing. Um, this is when I got my
1: first iPhone because I lost my phone in the subway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't age me. You enough. were running away from the Jerry spring stripper. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I feel like it was because, but even, even having an iPhone that didn't even mean anything. Like maybe you set up your email. I mean, I can't even remember yeah. my email up on my phone. It was like oh, a long that. time. I didn't, I was like, no, don't reach me. Don't. Yeah. But there was, yeah, there wasn't any of that. Um, That's, that's something that sometimes I think like, should I get a flip phone or should I get a landline? Should I, (laughs) but then there's stuff where you're like, yeah, but there are things now that have been created where you're like, I actually don't think. I don't want want that. So when you were going on your tour stops, like what, what did you have to do when you got to a,
1: So we just set up like a tent. Imagine you're at a a college campus and people are trying to promote something. That was us. We had this huge green RV. So in and of itself, it's a promotional vehicle. It says Road Trip Nation on it. It's painted like lime green with blue stripe across it. We set up a um, tent and had like some video screens and we would be those annoying people who would go out to you and say, hey, what do you want to do with your life? And people are looking at us like, I don't know you. Leave me alone. (laughs) Come watch our video. We're not creepy at all. (laughs) Um, But people were interested because it was so different and weird. They were like, okay, well, what is this? And if you say PBS, it sounds safe, you know, Sesame Street and stuff. (laughs) So, yeah, kids would come over and then we'd ask them to sign up. And if they did, they had the chance to go on their own cross-country tour and interview people from people who have been interviewed for this anyone from like howard schultz that's his name right starbucks ceo um to random like local entrepreneurs who own their small businesses and everyone in between authors um they did a band tour once where they interviewed they followed bands and then interviewed them along the way um so it's it was really cool. You can go online and watch those interviews
0: too. That's so awesome. <laughs> no, and I mean, when you were talking about you have time to think and whatever. I mean, when you are driving across the country constantly, there's a lot of time. Did it scare you in the beginning? Like when you're just on a bus with some people who you don't know and you're just confined, like I don't know is there also like a thing where you're like this is too much time because <laughs> <laughs> you can't
1: escape like yeah, no a hundred percent as an introvert who is super awkward yes <laughs> yeah, it did and I look back and i'm I'm also wondering what the people on my in my group thought of me and we we had an honest night because there was another girl named Leah who was in a different bus. And what happened was two weeks leading up to this big tour, maybe, maybe a full month, but we, um, we all worked together and we being trained and got to know each other. And then one day we kind of voted in a secret ballot of who we wanted to be with. We ranked the people like, okay, so I wanted to be with Leah in my bus. So I ranked her number one. And then like, you know, whichever other guy, number two. Um, I didn't get any of the people that I voted for. (laughs) No offense, because what happened later on is we realized all of us didn't get any of the people we wanted to be with. We were like the misfit group. And I always wondered what, like, what impression I left on these people at the end as starting out so awkward and timid and, like, when we left what did they think of me and did i get the best of them like how mm-hmm. like how did that all pan out um so yeah it was it was really awkward in the beginning and i shared so the girls jackie and jackie got the bed in the back so we shared a bed i shared a bed with a stranger and then the guys like one of them slept on the couch and i don't know the other one slept on the uh the bench that was part of the table. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it was a very, uh, it was a very interesting experience. (laughs) How long were you gone? I think it was almost two months, like a month and a half
0: to two months. Yeah, it was a while. Yeah. Was it weird coming back? It was weird in the
1: sense that I felt like that was the end of my freedom (laughs) because I had gone from college to just working in a restaurant, not knowing what I wanted to do. And now I was living with you and Taylor in an apartment, which was the most expensive apartment I'd ever had to pay for. For nothing.
0: I just, I I still, I just, listen, I think. If you know me, you know that I'm like, I wanna make sure that like I get my money's worth for stuff. Yeah. This freaking building, which was you had awesome. a shoebox room. I did have a shoebox room because I was like, I can't pay anything for it. So I was like, I will it was very I fit a lot of furniture in there too. There was a you lot did. of stuff in there. But yeah, it was cause Thank it you, was in, IKEA. <laughs> IKEA is King. Also, like I've looked at some of their stuff lately and I was, I don't know, like it's not the same. Uh, some of it I'm like You're not their target demographic anymore.
1: You come up too much.
0: What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is so rude slash true. But <laughs> um no, I I just have to say this thing really quickly. But yes, it was like that a uh, new building and also. I can't, I I can't complain because I couldn't go down to look at the apartment. So you all just had to do what you could. And I think that for what it was like when you just have to find a place and whatever, great, fine. But like they sold it as, Oh, this is such a great, vibrant community. And it's like, (laughs) no, it, listen, there's, there wasn't the outdoor space it was some, it felt very sterile. Like you were at a hospital or something. Yeah. And there wasn't, it Was yes. there just wasn't anything. And like, now you have all of these apartment communities where it's like, oh, we have a pool and we have a club room and we have this. Like, no, there wasn't anything. I think on the first floor, they had like some weird little courtyard that nobody hung out in. And then yeah. like on level there was like picnic tables and stuff. I think there was a grill out there, but, like, nobody mm. ever used it. But anyway. But I was like, what are we even <laughs> paying for? Like, I don't I know. What are the perks? Like, what are – I know. <laughs> But, yes, it oh was – Oh, my gosh. But also, <laughs> like, even just thinking about what we paid then, like, for something like that now, there's – no, I just – it would be crazy. Yeah. But LA anyway.
1: apartment housing is a, a beast and – I remember when Taylor and I went to look for the apartment, like these green people who have no idea what they're looking for. I remember the Ralphs in West Hollywood. We just got off the freeway and had no idea where we're going. We're like, I guess we'll park here. And then we start going around to apartments and just knocking on the door. Like, hello, do you have an apartment for rent? No idea where we are. And so I don't know how we found or picked that place, but... After now living in L.A. for like 10, 11 years, uh, I've seen a lot of places and there's a lot of garbage, (laughs) a lot of garbage for way too much money. And then there's also a lot of like super fancy stuff for ungodly amounts of money. So it's just a crazy place to live.
0: (laughs) It is, especially like when you're just trying to like start out and you don't really know. And even though like I had lived there before, you still are starting new and even if you visited a place before or you feel like you kind of know, mm-hmm. you still don't know. Like, yeah, and, I don't know. It takes you a while to like get into your groove and stuff. And so mm-hmm. like when you moved, like finally came like home. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm sure it was a little bit weird cause like we had been there for a bit and then, you know, you're still trying to figure that out. And so what, um, I ask these questions, I know some of them, but anyway, but so, but when you got back, um, what was that like? Like, did you think, okay, so I just want some time, some more time to figure things out or did you feel like you needed a job or cause you just said like, my freedom is gone. And so what kind of freedom were you like really wanting?
1: Yeah, I, I, definitely needed a job because I did not learn to save. So I definitely (laughs) needed a job and I had no clue what I was doing. Like I went to college because that is what was always kind of planned for me was education, go to college. And also college for me was an experience of becoming a grown up. like, you know, having some freedom, learning how to be on my own, being away from my parents, all of that more than the educational aspect. Um, which I got, but I went to school for media arts and I didn't choose that because I I saw a path for myself to the entertainment industry. I just, I always was interested in movies and TV and um, still, because I binge watch way too much, I'm still very interested in it. Um, But when I got to LA, I was like, I have no clue what I'm doing. So I'm just gonna go back and work at this restaurant, I guess, While I figure something out. And I ended up going the safe route, which is not at all Mm. what I want to do. I went like office job through a connection through my dad. That's how I got the job. But I still worked at the restaurant, but it was like, I just had no idea what I was doing and I just needed to pay bills. So Mm. just one foot in front of the other. And that's Mm -hmm. why it felt like no freedom. Now I'm tied down to bills to this apartment I have to pay for. To just wandering around having no idea what, what is next or what I'm supposed to be doing.
0: That's not like the realist thing. It's like the <laughs> wandering, you know, where you're just like, I don't know. I guess I'm just trying to figure it out. And then people yeah. keep asking whatever they ask. And you're like, well, I guess I should probably pretend like I know things. Yeah. I went I'm to doing.
1: college, so I should get a job now, right? That's, isn't that what people do? Yeah. I just went on this trip that was all about pursuing your passion and now I'm going to go work at a desk. (laughs) That makes sense.
0: (laughs) So when you made like that transition, like, did you feel like a part of your, I don't know, something for me that's always been hard is like, I have associated like the thing that pays my bills sometimes with like that is a representation of who I am as a whole.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That is, you know, and so as someone who's like, no, I want to be free and I want to do my thing. I don't <laughs> want to listen to you and, you know, whatever. Like I think some people don't identify with that so much, but like, did it feel a little bit of like confinement or because I also can feel the opposite of like, Sometimes it's nice to have that job that you're not super excited about. You don't really know because you're like, well, it's just something. And it's easy to explain to people and people will just leave me alone for a while. <laughs> yes, both.
1: <laughs> I So <laughs> I worked at the restaurant first and that was good, but it was always like, am I going to pay my bills? Or like, can I go out to eat? you know, it was really hard to understand how much money I was going to make. And I know now one thing that I really value is financial stability. That's really important to me. No matter what I'm doing, I have to know that I can pay my bills. Um, so whether I want to be like super creative and, and do all of these, I still need something that is just going to pay my bills. Mm -hmm. So when I got the job, the desk job, It was also a cool company. It was like, oh, we're so like, I guess it would be similar to a startup today. It was an energy drink company and it was, oh, this is the coolest company. We do extreme sports and. uh, Yeah, you would go to X
0: Games and stuff. You (laughs) know, like I mean,
1: yeah, like really was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my direct boss was awesome. The company culture was super weird. It was very Bro. But I felt like, oh, I'm a little bit more grown up. Like I'm learning these office job skills and I can tell people, like you said, I can tell people, oh, I do this. And I had a business card, even though it was for this company <laughs> in retrospect as the worst job. Um, at first, though, it felt like, oh, cool. I'm a grown up and I, I do something. And. I get to go to mammoth and go snowboarding for the Roxy chicken jam and then go to the X games and Mm -hmm. it had perks. So made it okay.
0: Yeah. I under, I just, I feel that so hard. And so the thing of like, sometimes it's nice to, to have things where it is cool and you like to experience it because you are so into like all of that stuff Um, you know, as far as like snowboarding and wake, you know, like you're very active with all of that stuff where (laughs) I'm like, "Mm -mm -mm." I'll be at the lodge or whatever you do. Um, (laughs) but, uh, what was a point where, because you were, you were there, you were learning like things in some kind of realm or whatever, but was there, what was the point where you were like, well, all of these things that I get to say that I do, the benefit does not like outweigh the other stuff. Because I think that what you're saying is I just, I can identify with so hard. And I think that a lot of people, when you compare it to startups, I think you're right on because people now are obsessed with this idea of company culture. And it's like, just because you have a ping pong table or just because people can put like their bicycle somewhere or whatever, like that doesn't matter. Like I think people are, companies are trying to bring people in with like coffee and you know, these like cool, like happy hour things. And it's like, great. But if you're crappy people and if it's like (laughs) not a good place to work, it doesn't matter. And you can, cause I, it's like almost just so much more about the bragging rights. Than other stuff so like what was that point where you were like well I'm learning things but I'm not and I don't care about these extra things as much yeah
1: I think it was when I got fired (laughs) (laughs) no but honestly I it was a slow burn it was there was a long lead up to that
0: I didn't think you were gonna say that because
1: (laughs) well it's been a long enough time now okay so
0: okay. you know, <laughs> caveat I to...
1: to that is the, is my, the executive vice president was really cool. And he knew my dad and he said, you know, you don't have to tell people in interviews that you got fired. I distinctly remember him saying that because I was like, thank goodness. That's the only thing that's going to save me because i have been here for like three years. Um, what happened was it was really slow. People weren't, genuine. There was a lot of, it was like high school people talking behind each other's backs. And it was just this slow buildup where I became such a terrible person. And Mm. the thing I think about is I wasn't being me. I was being a crappy version of myself there. I became like I thought everybody hated it. I thought everybody hated working there because we would go out and we would talk about hating it. And, but it was really me. I was the one who was coming to work. I barely wanted to open the door to go inside the building. A few times I would walk up the stairwell and be like, no, I just want to go home. And I, I started being late, which I'm always late everywhere, but for me, mm, being I don't, <laughs> I'm not familiar with this. Nobody is familiar with that <laughs> trait of mine. Um, <laughs> but like pushing the limit on being late to work is a sign that I don't like it. And I started doing that. It was noticeable. Um, I started having an attitude to people when I never really would do that. Um, I just, I couldn't control how much I didn't like it. And what I learned from that and have told people since then is if you hate your job so much that you talk about how much you hate it, you're miserable when you go there, you're miserable to your friends and family when you get home, you need to do something about it because if you don't, you'll either just, you're only hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. You're going to get fired. I'll tell mm-hmm. you from experience. Um <laughs> <laughs> And it's just like, there, there's no, your life is too short to linger in that situation. And I stayed there too long. I should have been looking for something different. I should have been like asking bosses, like what, what we could do to fix the situation, but I didn't do any of that. And yeah, that's what happened.
0: (laughs) No, I, well, I appreciate you being so honest with that because I know like I, I, I didn't want you to say anything that like, you don't want to say, but also (laughs) I fully, um, understand that thing of like, when you're in a job, like some of, so some of the layoffs that I've had, like, and I talk about this in the book and it's not that like I did stuff that was so crazy or whatever. So like the layoff was like, yeah, this is just a nice way, but you can sense stuff and other people can sense things. And I can see, even when I was younger, I would push, like I wasn't late, but I would come and it was like just barely there. Or you're just, a lot of it for me was like, if I feel that my boss doesn't care about me or whatever, why am I going to care? Yeah. Whatever it is. But you're only hurting yourself Mm -hmm. when you're in those jobs where you're like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to whatever. And I also, it's funny when you were like, I thought everybody hated it, but it was just me. But like, (laughs) I think that's also a dangerous thing too when you're working with people. And because I've had instances where I'm like, Oh, I think we're all on the same page. We're all on the same page. These are the things that we don't like. And most often I am just the loudest person to say it or I am the person who will bring it up because I don't like chatter in the workplace where like people Mm -hmm. are saying like, we don't like this or we don't like whatever. But it could have just been me like with my bad attitude and I'm like, nah, I'm just going (laughs) to bring everybody down. (laughs) Like on Mean Girls when she talks about like, it's like word vomit. Like you just, you can't (laughs) stop it. But it doesn't feel good and you know. Like, you, you know that you're not being your best mm-hmm. person or whatever. And then that's just also not Actually, fun. my coworker who, he ended
1: up staying there for, like, another six years. He just recently left. Um, the when I really knew that was true, when I really knew it was me and not everybody, because everybody would complain together. Mm-hmm. But I met him once for happy hour or something um a few months after i didn't work there anymore <laughs> and he was like whoa you are a totally different person it's like you're so happy now and you're and i was like thinking in my head i didn't even realize i wasn't like this before mm. i thought like I Like seeing from an outside person's perspective, having them tell you, you have change, changed so much. Like I didn't know I was, I was the miserable cloud that came to work every day. That's no good. Nobody wants to be that. Nobody wants to bring the office down.
0: <laughs> so, so then, so you don't have your job. What doing? Uh
1: well, thankfully, I still worked at the restaurant because mm-hmm. of that financial stability need. I still and uh, startups sometimes don't pay a lot of money. So I had two jobs. i had been working two jobs the whole time. So I went full time back to the restaurant. And now I was here's one thing in college. I remember not knowing what I wanted to do. And I asked my mom, what kind of job can I get that is not an office job. Like, I don't want to sit at a computer at a desk all day. And she did that. She's an office job lady. <laughs> so her ideas were doctor or
0: policeman,
1: <laughs> not woman. Policeman.
0: Wait, uh, um, <laughs> hold on. I've actually never heard that. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine you being a police officer. Just in the way that, like, I, you, I feel like, and I love you, but like you would get bamboozled by people. Would totally get bamboozled. <laughs> like, I'd be like, like, oh, okay, you're free to go. Yeah, you would come up to a call, and you're like, oh, I know. Like sometimes you just have to break into your house, right? Like, yeah whatever that's happened to me before so, so I totally get it <laughs> whatever with all that copper wiring or you know whatever. yeah <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> okay so yeah 100% <laughs> <laughs> um
1: so my mom's creative mind those were the only options she could come up with So I was like, well, I guess I'll just continue with media arts and then like see what happens afterwards. So now I've worked in this office job. I've decided that I'm using the air quotes. The industry, the entertainment industry is like way too crazy. I don't even want to get involved. I've heard how hard it is to break in. I decided this before I even tried, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm just working at the restaurant and thinking, I'm just going to do this for a while and then find out what's next. And I did that for probably six months before I got really bored. Mm. Um, It was a good break. Honestly, after, you know, after working in a job that you hate, it it was a really good break to have that. Restaurants have, you know, anyone who's worked there, it's like really friendly environment. You go out after work, you can get people to cover your shifts. You can go on a vacation Uh, But after a while, it's like my brain isn't being used anymore. So I turned back to those old job search platforms for that good old desk job (laughs) once (laughs) more.
0: The tried and true. So you go back to a desk job or the search or like whatever it is. So you're not going to be a doctor or a police officer. (laughs) You, you know, kind of uh eliminated those those options.
1: options. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so after a while I went back to searching for jobs and thankfully I will say if you believe that everything happens for a reason, when I was working at that energy drink company, social media was just coming out and the skills that I learned end up being very in demand. So That set my resume apart in the future um, and kind of led me to where I am right now. But I randomly found this job on Indeed and I apply and go through a long interview process. And at this time I had given myself the space to kind of reset because hating working at a desk job was awful. I reset, like took a few months, still made money, still paid bills, did all of that, um, and was ready to go back to, okay, let's try this nine to five again. Let's try this desk situation. And, uh, got this job, which I still have six and a half, seven years later. Um, it has been a while. Yeah. I've moved. I have I, two promotions. Um, I have an amazing team, an amazing
0: company. like it's
1: not my perfect job, so hopefully they don't hear that.
0: <laughs> well, you know, any job is like not you know a perfect thing, and I think sometimes and I didn't mean to like cut in, but I know what you're talking about because yeah. it's really hard when you have big dreams and whatever and and I talk about this a little bit in the book, but like when you are looking for your job. To pay your bills and to grow things, it is very hard to know, like, well, am I allowed to pursue other things? You don't want people to think that, like, you're not there to learn or to contribute or whatever. So it gets really hard. Like, you know, where is that line of, like, I'm allowed to do these things on the side. This is the job that pays my bills. Like, I totally get that because even like I remember even changing some stuff like on LinkedIn or even on my website or whatever like if I was applying for new jobs because I was so afraid that if they hear that I have a podcast or if they hear that I have these other things are they going to think I'm not loyal to them and like the reality is is that People have all kinds of dreams and things that they're doing and like that they want to live full lives. Like I think most people know now, like no one's yeah. going to be at a company, you know, for 30 years unless you're our mom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they listen to this, we'll see.
1: Oh, I'm sending the link.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> I think also Every time I've thought of that, you know, should I put this on my resume or should I? I'm not trying to find a company where I have to hide myself. So if I'm looking to work for someone else, I -hmm. don't want to say, you know, this isn't a part of me. I don't do a podcast. I don't do this. I want them to be excited. Oh, wow. You have a podcast. You love to do things on the side. Mm -hmm. Um, Spending time with your family is important for you yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to hide who I am to get a job that pays me money. Mm -hmm. Hard
0: pass. (laughs) (laughs) So, so now it's been a, a minute since you've been there and going along with like things that you've learned from there, because I know that you, and you've said this to me before, like, you have been able to grow, you know, and like learn things and kind of own a lot of things. And um, what has that kind of led you into now? Of like trying to, I don't know, do some things that are yourself. I ask and I know, but and I introduced <laughs> it in the beginning. But um, no, it's
1: done a lot. It's given me a lot of both skills and just confidence, um, where I'm, I'm also thankful that the skills that I've learned are digital, which is growing in Mm -hmm. need and popularity. So I've been able to start my own little side thing, which is when I say start, I mean, I'm still starting it right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but I've been able to learn how to balance my time and make space to start my own thing on the side and yeah, just just have something for myself, but take the skills that I've
0: learned from this job. And so I'm going to back up some to get to where this is because I think it, so we talk a lot about like thought leaders and people who, we're really into or like programs that we've done, and uh, you have done some programs that I haven't done. Like, we I don't know, I feel like we've uh, covered a lot of ground between the two of us. So, a lot of the things that we do or people who we follow kind of overlap. And something that we were talking about before we started recording was that it is so hard when you are passionate about a space and you want to absorb a lot of, um, people and content and it's so hard to do that. And then not like, not copy someone or cause sometimes thoughts will just come or whatever. And you're like, well, where have I heard for that from? I don't know. And like, first of all, I mean, we know that there isn't really any original thoughts, you know, or ideas, like we're all kind of recycling things, but I was sharing with you that uh, I had watched uh, the documentary by Rachel Hollis, who's an author kind of in the realm of Brene Brown, Jen Hatmaker does events. I was watching her documentary about how she had started her events and um, her career. And she says things in that documentary that I have said on this podcast never having listened to her, never having read like anything. And I have had friends tell me, Hey, do you know, Rachel Hollis, you guys remind me of each other. And it's like, Whoa, I can't watch her. Like I know, like I I knew I had to turn it off and I was like, cool. I'm so excited that she's doing stuff that there's something else out there, but I can't watch her and I can't absorb that stuff. And we have talked about things or people and you went through, you did landmark, which I want you to talk about. And when we talk about some things, you're like, "Oh, I can tell that so and so did that because they're using this language." And I think both of us don't ever want to uh, come across as like just taking other people's things or their verbiage because mm-hmm. that that's kind of lame. And like, I and, and when people do it purposely, because I feel like the people who we talk about. You can tell when people are taking ideas and trying to just make it seem that they are original, mm-hmm. especially in this space where you do have people who are quote unquote thought leaders or, you know, people who are putting up vlog stuff, people who are doing these online courses, like people, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. The internet is so big and wide. Um, yeah. That was a lot of things to <laughs> say. <laughs>
1: No, I, I totally know what you mean. I, it is hard to even I, okay, so side tangent, but I remember in school being given prompts. And then if somebody showed an example, then I got stuck on that example. Like, Mm. I couldn't think as I originally would start thinking of my own ideas, but once someone shares an example, now I'm like, oh my gosh, that's all I can think of. Mm -hmm. And that happens with thought leaders as well, where now that thought, that idea is stuck in my head and I don't want to copy it, but that's all I can think about. Mm -hmm. Um, So Landmark was actually, it was something different. So anytime I hear somebody who has been to Landmark or that I can recognize has been through that program. Um, I don't think that they are trying to just sell it. I think they're trying to do their own spin. And the only people who will be able to recognize it is if you've been through it. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, so a coworker of mine recommended it to me. And I really had no idea what I was getting into. I was worried that this is some sort of, cult programs and it was some sort of like they just want my money and this is some <laughs> garbage. But um what pushed me forward was the guy so you go to like a little introduction thing and the guy there was like look I can tell that you're interested and I'm willing to pay for this for you. And then if you don't like it, I will pay for it. And if you do like it then you can pay me back. And I was like wow because it's <laughs> not cheap. It's not like Mm -hmm. a million dollars.
0: It's not a thousand dollars. It's an investment.
1: Less than, but it's an investment. So, um. (laughs)
0: Less than a million
1: dollars. (laughs) Less than a million. Somewhere in the realm of less than a million. Um, (laughs) so that just signaled to me that he has gotten enough out of it that he's willing to share that with somebody else and, you know, take that potential financial hit for them. And. I was like, all right, I'm gonna go for it. Like, I've been interested, I'm gonna dive in. I have multiple people telling me that they've done it and they've gotten a lot out of it. Um, it really felt like a lesson in philosophy more mm. like how, and there are a wide variety of people there. There were people there who have been through incredible traumas in their life. Who worked through that while they were there, like like stuff that I can't even imagine going through, and then showing mm-hmm. up and telling people about. Because you could stand up and share your stories, and at certain points, and um, then there were people whose companies had sent them there, and they were there to learn this as a company tool and a way, like mm. a, a way of thinking through ideas and being innovative and stuff like that. So it was a very very different types of people were there. Um, Panda Express, is a random company, but like they send their people through Landmark. Huh. <laughs> Not who you would think of. Um, no. <laughs> <isn't>. <laughs> no.
0: You said Panda Express and I'm like, ooh, I really want some orange <laughs> chicken right now.
1: <laughs> yep, orange chicken. Now everybody's hungry. <laughs> but there's just, it teaches you tools about how to think about your life in every aspect from business Um, some things that stick with me were when I think back to being fired, it's, I wasn't showing up and being the person who I want to be every day in my life. I should show up and, and be a person who I want to be, like be loving, generous, whatever it is, whatever you want to be like, Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I need to give, you know, and it's to people in your life too. Like to my husband, if we're in a fight, am I being an asshole (laughs) or am I being loving, you know, am I being stubborn and mean and like all of this terrible stuff or at work, am I being helpful and I get to choose what it is that I want to be. Yeah. You get the
0: choice. Well, so when I, When I worked um, at the grocery store that I worked at for on and off for so long, um, (laughs) I remember that because when I worked in Napa, I helped open that store and they had like all of the, you know, C-level execs come into town and we did all of these like really intense trainings. And one of like the, I don't know, he was like pretty high up he had this whole thing of every day you come to work, you decide Mm -hmm. what you are going to do there. So you get to decide that you are going to have a good day. And I recognize that there are some extreme things that can happen in life where you can try and decide all day, but it's just, it's so overwhelming. Like I remember, um, I had lost a a friend from high school. Um, She had like passed away in this like terror, like this kind of like freak um, uh, dirt bike accident. Like it was, and so, but I still try to go to work to like get my mind off of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I remember just breaking down on the floor and my boss were like, you got to go home. Um, So those are the instances where it's like, you can't decide (laughs) to be, but in your regular everyday stuff, I think that you do have a decision Mm -hmm. because when you get down to it, like work and life and whatever family stuff is stressful for everyone. And I kind of attribute it to like traffic (laughs) and (laughs) where, especially if you live in LA or you live in a big city people in Nashville talk about traffic, and I'm like, I'm probably the worst person to talk about <laughs> traffic here because I have lived in two of the worst places for traffic, the Bay Area and LA, so you're not going to convince me yeah. that this is bad, but um, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how many SIG alerts I got like caught in where it's like, there's a semi-truck that flipped over <laughs> and the 101 is... <laughs> No one can get under here. You're just stuck (laughs) hoping that, you know, like you have enough gas to, to make it through. But, um, but I kind of attribute it to traffic where it's like, especially when you live in LA and it's like, okay, so I know that, um, if I have something on the other side, if you live in the Valley and you have something on the other side of town, you have to be on the West side maybe leave an hour and a half to two hours I know. and give yourself some time. Maybe go to lunch, maybe get, you know, leave some room for coffee. Um, make sure you have quarters. Uh, I think you also, it's funny, side tangent. I was talking to someone the other day and they were saying like, oh, you know, LA is so terrible because, you know, traffic, but then like, there's no place to park. So you just take Uber and Lyft everywhere. I was like, what? Never, never. That sounds like a quick way to like, File for bankruptcy, yeah you live in l a long enough, you know where to park you i mean i even like h- I haven't been there in a minute, which needs to change, but I can tell you like even in hollywood, I'm not going to say this on here because I don't want to give away my secret, but <laughs> I, I spend so much time there, so it's like you know like you get really, really good at just being intuitive like nope i'm gonna I'll drive seven blocks away. I will drive I'll seven walk. blocks yeah. to find that free parking. Okay. Is this permit parking? It's only from these hours to these hours, and then it changes and whatever. You get really good at stuff. But, um, but all of that to say, like when, if you're living, if you are in a place where it's just like, okay, I know that traffic is a thing. Nobody wants to talk about traffic. Like if everybody's dealing with the same stuff, it just seems so redundant and kind of lame. And I think that if you, like, if you kind of switch that into just life is hard for people. I'm not saying that you can't decompress and talk with your friends. Yeah. But when it becomes like a regular thing every day that you can't get past it. Mm -hmm. not I had this one bad experience. Let me tell you about it. But like every day, the same story right and like so I just I love that thing of what you said of like you get to decide how you show up in your life like Mm -hmm. what are you really being and I think if we look at ourselves in some ways it's like yeah some of it's not so good but the flip side to that is that you can change it tomorrow is totally different like exactly you can change it at any point um so I did just kind of want to talk a little bit like because when you said that you didn't know if landmark was like a cult or <laughs> whatever. So it's just it's funny because um I'm uh to I'm uh Tony Robbins and Gary Vaynerchuk are um doing like a little tour. I don't know, they're doing some speaking things, so I'm gonna see them in a bit. I don't even remember when. But I have had that experience, too, where I've mm-hmm. not so much Gary Vee, more Tony Robbins. When I saw his documentary on Netflix, mm-hmm. there was a part of me that was like, is he about to ask us to drink Kool-Aid because I'm <laughs> but there's something where there is a community or something where there's, um, it's dynamic and it's charismatic and it speaks to something deeper where I feel mm-hmm. like... Even if it's not Kool-Aid drinking, there is something where it's like intoxicating. I think that's the right word. Like it's intoxicating. And so you're like, "I, I need more. I need more. And so I don't know. Like what was, was there a point where you were like, okay, it's, it's different than I thought. And I know like I can kind of differentiate certain things or was there a thing where you were like, oh I could fully get immersed in this and like not be able to break away and it would be bad.
1: I never personally got to the point of not being able to break away and it would be bad because I feel like I was thinking too much about it. Like I was too aware and Mm. some people were letting themselves just go with it, which actually for them, they probably got more than I did because I didn't stand up and share any stories or like get too involved because I was always too tentative. But Mm. um, they, one time this guy that I met through it, who we sat together sometimes, what we decided was we're like, they are trying to teach you this unrealistic expectation of life. And that. It's kind of like they're trying to teach you to be Buddha, like just be so Zen and peaceful all the time. But then we thought about it and we're like, but it makes sense because if we were all like that, everybody living together, then you can imagine the vision that they have of what they're trying to do is like everybody's Mm. so happy and like at peace with everything. So I think you get what you get out of it. You know, you Mm -hmm. go in and then you'll get what you want. Um I think it does have a lot of at least good takeaways to offer and you know you just always have to be aware of what you're looking for and you know if anyone offers you Kool-Aid just pass.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jackie, just I pass. Know, uh,
1: um, no CDs, okay, I'll try. I haven't bought any new CDs in
0: a while. <laughs> I think it's because of you that like when I come out of a store and someone's like, "Hey, can I?" I'm like, "No." like
1: <laughs> it's little girl scouts they're like what uh, no
0: <laughs> no <laughs> well also there was one time it was when I first moved to LA I can't remember if I put this in the book I don't remember anything but um I don't think I put this in I think it was in like a first draft anyway I'm rambling but <laughs> I went with um <laughs> some of my friends from my acting class and we went to Ralph's in um on Sunset to get something. And we came out and there was a guy who was asking for change. And my friends had some change and they gave it to him. And this dude, we walk away and he throws it at us like this big, what? He's like, you asked for it. We gave you what you wanted. (laughs) I just will never forget that every
1: time I went to that Ralph's again. I was like, Do you remember when Taylor bought the pizza? And the guy said, Oh, thanks. I actually just ate, but I want I wanted some beer or something
0: like that. <laughs> At the little Caesars
1: by our house. She's like, Oh, this homeless guy, or you know, assuming he's homeless, he's asking for money. And so there's a little Caesars, she buys him pizza and he's like, Cool. Thank you. That's so nice. But I just ate. So I was really just looking for some beer. I appreciate your honesty.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, so, so you are starting a business and you are figuring out what that is. And we talked about this a little bit before, but, um, I also recently, like because of my book and because of things, it was like, all right, I need to finally get a, you know, you have to do the proper paperwork. You have to <laughs> all of these things official. And what does it feel like to actually have it on paper and not be a thing that's like, I don't know, I think because as we're talking about like thought leaders and all of these things and just, I don't know, people who we listen to. A lot of people say that they're entrepreneurs. A lot of people say that they want to have these businesses and they want to do these things. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy. But then I think once you like put on paper something and you assign yourself like, oh, okay, this is like actually a legal. This is legal paperwork. (laughs) Uh, What did it feel like when... That was official or like what did it even feel like for you to say, oh, this is actually the next step I mm-hmm. have to take and not just, yeah, one day I wanna own a business. One day I wanna do these things.
1: Um, so first a side tangent story about that is love I side was-
0: tangent stories. <laughs> if you guys can't tell, this is actually how we normally talk the side probably tangent probably podcast. <laughs> crazy, but
1: um, I was listening to something else. a a woman was interviewing Howard Schultz and he was telling his story about how he became CEO from nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. Like he was, I didn't realize I had never heard it before that he was born in, you know, um, in Brooklyn and lived in section eight housing and whatnot. Um, and so she was saying how a teacher friend of hers had a student, who couldn't envision themselves doing anything other than becoming a pizza delivery boy, because that's all, that's the best of what he had seen.
0: Mm. So
1: that's crazy to think about, but it's absolutely true. Like we look up to the kind of what have our parents done? Who do we know who's done something and what does that look like? And so I don't know anyone who owns a company or a CEO. And I remember filling out the paperwork for the business. And there was an option of like, who are you? And it said CEO. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm the CEO of my own business. And then of course, thinking social media, I was like, how am I going to post about this? What outfit am I going to wear? This is going to be the best. I'm going to go down to the courthouse and I'm going to like, I better get like- Go down to the courthouse.
0: Whatever. The
1: city. I'm going to go get married to the speaker. (laughs) <laughs> um, but when i I went down there, it was a little bo- bit more humbling because people were you know doing other things besides just registering their business. But when you looked at the business owners, it was a vast array of people. It was anybody anybody could own their own business. Mm-hmm. People could be you could have a food truck and you're down here, you could be a salon owner. and it, it was just a cool feeling to be like, Wow. I pictured owning a business as one thing, but anyone can do it. You just have to go after it. And I'm doing that now and I'm making it official and it is crazy. And it feels really cool to be taking this step. It feels like
0: it feels official. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. How did that feel for you?
0: Um, it was funny because When I went to the county clerk's office, I got there pretty early and it was very anticlimactic. Like nobody was there. Nobody was in line. Nobody. Of course
1: you got there early.
0: Of course I got there early because I'm always anticipating like, nope, what if something happened? What if there was a long line? Like mm -mm. that day I had to go get my new passport picture, um, which she lied to me. I did not look like a model. And then I had like, I had other things. So you know when, okay, yeah, of course I took, um, you know, when you go to get your picture for your license or, you know, whatever, and you're like, oh, okay, I need to look, you have an idea of how you're going to look. Mm-hmm. You never look like that. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. And then they ask you, is this okay? And like, they actually don't want you to say that the photo is yeah. okay. And at some point I'm going to actually speak up and like, no, actually that my hair looks frizzy. Can I take a minute? Yeah. <laughs> but um, So yeah, so I did get there early shocking, but um, I, I don't know. Like it was, I think that I had built up this thing for so long and I created roadblocks in my head. So it was like, well, if you own your own business, if you put your name to paper, there are, you know, I don't know, tax implications there are all of these things which is just silly because there's so many people who have this there are programs in place to like help mm-hmm. you you can call phone numbers and say hey i don't know how this works yeah like you know special shout out to michelle at the tennessee department of revenue because we were emailing a lot oh. um, <laughs> and i'm sure she's like this bitch i can't <laughs> stop Oh Michelle. Yeah. But um I think that I had just built it up in my head so much and sometimes I think that we are just so also kind of afraid of like good stuff happening where mm-hmm. you're so used to like trying to pivot or being in places where you feel a bit mediocre. Yeah. And it feels comfortable and, comfortable. Mm-hmm. you know, where you're like, I'm not really doing the stuff that I know I could be doing or that I yeah. want to do, but it feels okay because no one's bugging me right now. Yeah. But to do something like this, cause it's like, no, people are going to ask, <laughs> people <laughs> are going to, you know, check in on this. Um, but anyway, so what I, you know, I walked up and I just handed her my paper and my check or whatever I did. And She's like, all right, well, here you go. And she just slides a piece of paper across and says, You're a business you're officially a business. And I just looked at her. I was like, that's like it. Like Did you I, not want to come out here and sprinkle
1: water on my head
0: or <laughs> night me or something? <laughs> and I said too, I was like, wow. I mean, i I had um procrastinated on this for so long and I don't know why. And she just she just she just looked at me and she was like, yeah, I don't know why either. You know, she's like, <laughs> that's silly. and yeah, I I don't know. It just it felt so weird for it, like, oh, I'm allowed to do this. Mm-hmm. I think somehow I didn't, yeah, see the permission or I didn't see whatever. And it's so you talk about you know having examples of other people, and and that's something that I talk about. And it's like my dad has owned his own business since before I was born, so. You know, I asked him about a lot of things, and I think I felt a little bit better about Mm -hmm. doing it. But it's also different when you are the person doing it. And Mm -hmm. your friends or your family or whoever could say, like, yeah, do it. But when it's like, it's my name on the paper, (laughs) (laughs) this is yeah I don't know I but I think that it's good to to uh good to to (laughs) uh make things official or put things out into the universe to say things out loud because Mm -hmm. it also creates an accountability within yourself yeah totally rather than yeah so I'm just kind of and I'm terrible at this like I'm not I'm definitely not saying that I'm good but like yeah I mean I kind of got like this little thing on the side it's like not really even that much but you know yeah it's all right I kind of you just downplay everything (laughs) downplay everything and I think that it kind of it just forces you to like push yourself to say no I'm CEO no I am a business owner I don't have
1: to can you help me with this I'm excited (laughs) about it yeah, mm-hmm. and I think the other thing is you find out who is most supportive and who you can lean on and who is shouting in your corner. Um, and if anybody is saying anything negative or questioning you, it's like, okay, I don't need to talk to you anymore. Like, not forever, maybe, if it's my mom. Um- <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I'm like, all right, if you're not supportive of me, I won't talk to you about it anymore. But I am going to talk to these people because they are so excited for me because I just think of you or any of my other friends who if you want to start a business or go after something, if you want to write a freaking book, I'm so excited for you. (laughs) Like, who does that? That is so exciting, you know, to actually go after your dreams. Not many people do that.
0: So Mm -hmm. look for the support. Have you found people who haven't, um, been as supportive as you thought they would be and you don't have to name names, but like, no, I,
1: I'll be honest. Like nobody's, nobody has said, oh, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. But I think anybody who maybe thinks that in their head is just quieter about it. Probably like, oh, cool, but I'm not going to say much more than that. Let's see what happens.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I think you have to find your people. You have to find, because um, I think both of us too can, um, you more than me, can be a little bit bad at like giving people reactions that they want. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, your gut, like, you know, there's, I'm, and then that's not to say that you don't get excited and stuff, but it's just no, like, it's more of like a, I keep it all inside like yeah yay. on the outside but, it's like yay. yeah yeah like, really or you know you you know your Constantly. husband asked you to marry you and you're like oh really okay okay <laughs> is this real wait are um, you serious yeah. okay. <laughs> but so it's it's hard some like it's I don't know like sometimes I'm like I feel like they want this reaction this is just what came out and I feel like I'm disappointing you But the truth is, is that the people who really, regardless of what like the quote unquote reaction is, the people who show up and are like, hey, I'm reading your book by the pool. Hey, I'm so excited about this stuff or whatever. They will overpower anyone who has like some of those small doubts. And I think that Mm -hmm. especially in the beginning, it's so fun too, for me, even like to see the people who show up and I'm like, I don't even know what you're showing up for. Like, I don't even know, <laughs> like, not like, I don't know what you're showing up for, but wow, you're showing up and I'm not really doing anything. That's really fun because yeah. those people are the ones who are going to continue to show up. And, um, you know, cause Oprah had, of course I'm going to talk about Oprah, but Aww. Oprah has that quote or whatever. It's like, the people who you really need or something are the ones who like don't need to, I don't Something about the limo and the people who will ride with you wherever (laughs) you are, or, you know, most people want to ride in the limo, but you have to find the people who, you know, want to be there when the cameras Mm -hmm, go away or something. I butcher. Oh, there you go. That quote.
1: I like that version.
0: (laughs) (gasps) Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so what are, what are the things that you are excited about now? I know like business stuff, like just started, but are there things that you're excited about in your growth or personally, professionally or whatever? Like, I don't know, talking, looking back at all the stuff you talked about, like how far, I don't know, you've come, like, are there things, what's the next thing you're just excited about?
1: I'm excited. So the reason that I started this little, little side business is Your business, because you're <laughs> a full business. Um, I'm excited for financial freedom, like to not be strapped down to one job to make mm-hmm. sure that everything happens. Um, and I, I think a lot of, so I'm in a group of people who are starting similar businesses Um and a lot of people, that's why they're doing it. It's like, you're not making enough money at your one job to pay off your extensive student loans or to purchase a house or to mm-hmm. go back to school for a master's or to travel the world. So that's, that's what I'm most excited about is like, you know, not expecting everything to come from one job, not to have one job and expect like, okay, now my life is set because I have this regular job. Um, to be able to do something for myself and determine I could grow it if I want. If mm. I want to have two clients, I could have a little side business. If I want to grow it to 10 clients, I can have a full-on self-made business, quit my job, work from anywhere. It, it is what I want it to be. And, and then I can go after whatever else I want next. Like. hmm Taking some improv classes inspired by Amanda, <laughs> or going back to school for a master's degree, or you know, buying a house—any of those things.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that! So, this is a question I'm going to be asking everybody: uh, What is a piece of advice or pieces of advice that you would give to young Jackie?
1: Oh, young Jackie!
0: Which <laughs> <laughs> young Jackie so looks nice. like Jackie now? Like
1: <laughs> so. Uh, okay. Well, some of them are very specific. So, first of all, in college, I would have said get an internship because I never did that, and I think that mm. that's the only way you learn what you want to do is by trying. And mm-hmm. I never had an internship to try like, oh, do I want to work in the entertainment industry or not? So get an internship in college. Um, (laughs) If you want to do something, do it. Like I do not want to be on my deathbed and say, I wish I went to Europe. You know, some people say, I want to go to Europe someday. Well, go tomorrow, you know, make it happen or Mm -hmm. plan for it next year. It's not, it's just another country and we have plane tickets, you can get there. Um, and if it's something bigger than that, I mean, honestly, when people tell me their travel dreams and they say it as if it's this crazy thing that can never happen, I'm like, what are I can look up a ticket for you right now and tell you the cost and then you can plan for it. I don't know mm-hmm. why you're not doing it. Um, but explore, meet other people. Some things that I'm so glad I did were travel, not just because I got to see really cool places, but experiencing other cultures, other ways of living than we do here, mm-hmm. I, I, that was incredibly important. And then, yeah, just don't, this is one that I would tell Jackie now <laughs> and young Jackie is like, think that you can do anything and don't just say it as words, but actually believe it. And that's hard to do, mm-hmm. to think that you can really do anything that you set your mind to.
0: Mm-hmm hmm Oh, man. That's good. Because we get in our way a lot. Yeah. Just we as, like, a collective where it's like, yeah. oh, I can't do that. And it's funny what you say about the traveling thing because that is something that I hear a lot of people say. And, and I say that having gone with my mom to Italy. And that was, like, a dream of hers for so long. And, like, once she – finally did it because, um, she is, she is so much more capable than she gives herself credit for. And so she was afraid of like what the traveling would be or like being in a foreign place or whatever. And so, and I, you know, I think about some of those things, but I think too, I'm like, There's other people who are going to be traveling. There's other people who don't know. Um, Like, so I didn't, I don't know. I I didn't think about it so much, but uh, once she went, like once she finally went to that country that she wanted to go to for so long, like a year later, she ends up, going on a mission trip to Peru. And then it's like, Oh, and then I want to go live abroad and I want to do this and whatever. And it's like, you know, all of it was just because like, she just took one step of something that she really wanted. And then everything else opened up because I think like starting a business or whatever it is, we put in our head, all of these things. And it's like, Oh, actually you can do that. Mm -hmm. Like you can start a business. Oh, you want to go travel save money like I don't you know yeah. there's just there are some things that you can do and I think we just put up these I don't know like unnecessary barriers yeah because we think like no no we could never do that it's like yo some of y'all have some annual passes to Disneyland and spend some crazy money for some stuff so maybe <laughs> if you didn't go to Disneyland or Tahoe all the time <laughs> Maybe you could be doing some stuff. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Priorities in life. If Disneyland's your jam, go after it. <laughs> if, if you want to get to Italy, you might need to prioritize.
0: <laughs> might need to prioritize. Um, so, so, Jackie, where can people find you if they need to? Oh, in Los Angeles. <laughs> don't come to my house
1: <laughs> no no my new website is jackieocreative.com for my new business
0: <laughs> and it's spelled jackie and you'll see it in the yeah. thing but it's j-a-c-q-u-e just Ooh, so the fancy way the fancy way because you fancy lady so <laughs> jackieocreative.com yeah yeah you can find her there um yeah I am so glad that we got to do this I'm so um and I'm also just so thankful uh to have you in my corner after all of these years so I'm excited I remember
1: doing plays in the park with you (laughs) by your mom's house (laughs) and just to see how far you come and to see you chase your dreams, like, you did it. You know, some people don't go after it. You went to Second City. You've done all of that stuff. You've written a book. I'm just so excited <laughs> for you and proud of you. So I'm mm. happy to be here. Thank you.
0: I just, I I can't say enough, like, honestly, how blessed I feel. Um, and I don't like to use blessed because I'm always like, hashtag blessed. But... <laughs> I do feel like I'm so grateful to have, you know, not everyone makes the whole journey with you, like not especially friends and stuff. And I think it's just incredible to have a friend that I've had who's known me through so much. And you are someone who just like continues to show up. Like you surprised me for my graduation party from college. Like, you know, you just come in and it was funny because I was surprised, but I was like, but it felt like you were supposed to be here. Like, I don't know. Oh. Um, so anyway, but I just, I, I think the world of you, like you are so awesome. And I can't wait to see what Jackie O creative does and all of the Ooh. things, or <laughs> even just what Jackie O does, but you always be Jackie Mariana to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um but yes and thank you all of you for tuning in I hope you enjoyed this episode um and if you didn't whatever you probably already turned this off so for <laughs> like too many side tangents for me but we think the it's fun <laughs> um the side tangent episode but um thank you so much for tuning in uh make sure to go find Jackie, stalk her, tell her you have a business now. And um <laughs> hop on over to amandapollock.com. You can buy your copy of Reincarnated How Lost, How Lost Dreams, Jobs, and Love Set Me Free. You'll also get a bonus audio training, and a dollar from every purchase goes to St. Jude. So you really have nothing to lose. Uh, but yes, uh, make sure you tell your friends. Um like, share, subscribe. I don't know, do all of the things. And I can't wait to be with you next week.